been shot. For it seems now more certain than ever that the bloody experience of Vietnam is to end in a stalemate. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Any outlaw regime that has ties to terrorist groups and seeks or possesses weapons of mass destruction is a grave danger to the civilized world and will be confronted. If you're a new listener, just type in Pentagon tested gay bomb on Iraq. I said, General, I got myself a problem, General. It was a Jewish doctor. All right. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Iraqi Horror Picture Show. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, we we came up with the name, and this will be the the first one. Uh, uh, fuck, that has a name, I yeah. guess. Uh, well, no, the la- the last one you'll have heard it. Uh, you'll have heard it, but, but now you'll have heard us say it. That's right. Instead of uh, Microsoft Sam. Um, <laughs> so so we're back with the newsroom. Yeah. Uh, we've just watched the, uh, the first episode that we'll be reviewing for this episode. Uh, it's called I'll Try to Fix You. Uh, if your immediate reaction is, is there fucking Coldplay in that episode? You'd be right. Right at the end. Right at the end. I, was, I thought we were going to make it out because I, I hate that song in particular. And I was like, man, I'm going to make it out without having to hear the whole song. And no joke, they, they do play the entire fucking thing. Oh. Four, four minutes of it, just like as... In the also very inappropriately placed when we tell you what it's like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it's setting up, yeah. So, alright, so so we begin this episode in Jeff Newsroom's office. Yes. Um, while the office, an office party is going on for uh, New Year's Eve... 2011. 2011. And they're going into 11. Yeah. Um, Weird uh, already, first of all, that... The other episode, a whole year went by. And between these two, about five weeks or so have. So there's yeah. really no promise of, like, you know, any kind of structure on the timeline. on these. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing, is that uh, this episode covers a lot of workplace drama, more so than the others have. Very interpersonal. Water cooler shit. Water cooler shit. Um, which is also ironic, considering uh, the content of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we start. Uh, someone comments on Jeff Newsroom's expensive tuxedo, yes. uh, and he says he came from a party at Mayor Bloomberg's house. Um, because of course. Because of course. Because of course. Um, the ex's name. What's his ex's name? Oh my, uh, Mackenzie. Mackenzie. There's too many M names. She's dating a guy now who's uh, assistant attor- district attorney for something. Yeah, U.S. attorney for financial crimes unit. Yeah, um, but he's he introduces himself again to Jeff Newsroom and is like, you know, I'm an AUSA for the Southern District, right? And it's like Jesus exposition. Yeah, come Could you on. Just tell me a little bit of what what you do. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and essentially he he goes over. Um, uh, to cover that whole thing at once, he's yeah. talking to Jeff Newsroom and saying that um, essentially the lawyers at the banks are too powerful yeah. for them to deal with. And the Republicans defunded financial crimes unit, and that's why none of the bankers are going to jail. Which, 
takes a little bit of autonomy away from uh, Barack Obama at the time. Don't know how many of you crazy kids remember this, <laughs> this, this period. But there were a lot of people who were uh, from Goldman Sachs and AIG who were just appointed by Obama, like in 2009, to, yeah. you know, the Fed, cabinet posts. This is before the wave, so it takes a lot from Obama there, but that's what Aaron Sorkin was going to do. So. But, it, yeah, and I mean, it is it is uh, the way that Democrats have worked historically. Like, Howard Schultz of Starbucks was going to be... Uh, uh, Presidential contender. And well, also oh, before this, yeah. Well, yeah, Hillary was going to have him as her uh, Secretary of Labor, I believe, <laughs> which is like insane yeah. considering what's happening now in the year 2022, where Starbucks is committing uh, what should be pretty blatant uh, labor law violations. Oh. But unfortunately, we've just neutered uh, that area of law in this country. But yeah, it's par for the course. Um, yeah, essentially. It, it goes, uh, but that's that's all you hear about that. The banks don't come up again. Then no. it becomes a gun episode. It does become a gun so, episode. So, you know, uh, you can forget all of that because it's not coming up again. Yeah, so now we go back out to the party. Um, and uh, Dev Patel's character. Uh, oh is, this kept coming up. Yeah, he keeps going, so Bigfoot is real. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and then proceeds to call Jim... Uh, who we've referred to as Office Jim Office in the past. Jim, yes. <laughs> um, the guy what? who's thirsting after Maggie, he calls him Skeptismo. Um, Real things people say all the fucking time. Yeah. I've, I've heard another variation of that, but never, never Skeptismo. No. <laughs> um, but uh, essentially, Dev Patel's character is on it. His name is Neil. There we go. Yes. Uh, he's on. I should just get a cheat sheet for this so that I have to stop. I can stop describing people. Like I'm this. not going to know what Jim from the Office's name is because he. He. I mean, that's all I see him as. Yeah. Very not. Well, his, his name actually is Jim. Oh shit. Yeah, I don't remember what we were calling him. Pete from the Office. That's what it is. Because he looks like Pete Hamby from the fucking Snapchat reels about the news. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, I don't fucking know. Yeah. I don't know where that came from, but uh, you're gonna have to stick with our nicknames probably. Um, but Dev Patel, Neil, is on his soapbox and he's saying, pandas were thought to be a myth until 1890 or something. So were gorillas. Uh, and people thought the giant squid was a myth until 2004. We kind of got on that a little bit because it was like... I thought they just hadn't found a live one. No, we definitely knew they were real because yeah. they kept finding sperm whale carcasses yeah. with giant sucker marks on them. So... But I do, I do remember the first time they got a picture of him and being yeah. utterly fucking terrified. Like, that's a, a big ass squid, so maybe yeah. even giant. Yeah. <laughs> well, now they, possibly. Now they have the fucking colossal squids, yeah. which are even bigger that we I don't think have pictures of, but we've just yeah. found bigger evidence of squids, which is fucking crazy. But we can't believe in Bigfoot, which is Dev Patel's point, because not only does he believe in Bigfoot, we found this out later, and this is true. So does Jane Goodall. Apparently, yeah, well, no, she thinks he might be real. Might be real. Because of the, the cryptid status of gorillas previously. But it's like, to me, it's it's not all that crazy to believe in a gorilla once you've seen a chimp. Yeah. But I don't know that I would believe in, like, a hyper-intelligent, bipedal animal that we haven't seen. Especially with the Amazon as fucked up as it is. But that's not what this podcast no, no, is about. No. I, I will say, though. <laughs> As someone who was a partial Bigfoot believer in the past, I do have to say, um, 
a lot easier to understand how no one could find a gorilla in 1900. Yeah. Uh, in 2022, should be pretty fucking easy. <laughs> That's what I, I think. think at, like at, at the very minimum, I don't think Bigfoot exists in like maybe North America, but probably not the United States. If I had to head on all. that. Yeah, if at all. If and anything, probably not He's at all. probably up in, like, the, the fucking Alaskan taiga biomes or some yes. shit. Um, like, eating bison. Um, I just want to see the bones. I just want to see the bones. That's right. That's right. Um, so, we see that Maggie and her boyfriend are in the office party. Um, and Don, who looks like the devil. Don, who looks like the devil. And Don, who looks like the devil, is trying to set up Jim with... Um, the Maggie's roommate, roommate yes. whose name is Lisa, I believe. Yeah, we're doing better. Um, so they kept saying each other's names this episode, though, because it was not an episode about the news. Like yeah. they were talking to yeah, each other. We got prompted better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so so she's like, uh, "Why would you sick my roommate on him?" Yeah. Uh, clearly, she has a very high opinion of her, but she enters <laughs> uh, and. Uh, She's like, do I look slutty? Uh, Maggie says no, and and Don says yes, but in a good way. Uh, you know, but not creepy. You can already tell. Like, I feel like Aaron Sorkin makes some wardrobe decisions because, yeah. uh, or at least casting, because you could tell that that's what you were supposed to think. Because every woman that has like a shit ton of boobs spilling out of her shirt is, is supposed to be the whore of Babylon, and then every woman that dresses in a more reserved way we're supposed to respect. Yes. Um, which is why Olivia Munn's character, uh, I guess, is both. Yeah. Um, uh, she's simultaneously, she's a dumb slut with two F yes. economics. Two PhDs <laughs> in economics. Which, which she delivers like it's a punchline. Like, I'm, I'm stupid, don't you know? I have two PhDs in economics. Sorry about the noise, by the way. My dog is being a fucking nightmare. But uh, um, even yeah. at this early stage of the episode, it's clear that like Maggie is obsessed with Jim. And as we find out later, Don also knows this and is just being evil for the yeah, sake of evil. He's literally just being as cruel as fucking possible. And they're um, still sleeping together, presumably. Like, they go home together, they hang out all the they, time. They sit in the same bed and, yeah. Um, okay, and so now we move to Jeff Newsroom entering the fray in the party. Um, and he starts talking to Olivia Munn's character, and she's immediately annoyed with him because he's a massive dick. Um, she's like, hey, how's it going? And he's like, shut up, this is my thing we're talking about now. And she just does it. She Yeah, she just shuts up because uh, everybody has to cave in the narrative to Jeff Newsroom. Yeah. Um, so then she encourages him to go talk to this woman. Uh, he goes over to her and finds out she's a reporter for the stand-in for TMZ. Yeah. Uh, and oh, it's called TMI. That yeah, was completely TMI. fucking lost on me. So, um, so yeah, so she's she writes for TMI. Uh, and she's like, I'm going to do a takedown piece a take on down someone piece. named Britney, but it's not Britney it's Spears. It's not Britney Spears, but it's probably supposed to be. Yeah. Well, um, it's a combination of, it's like, she, it's not Britney Spears, and it's also a real housewife, but not a real oh, housewife. Oh, that's, okay, that makes sense. So it's it's the perfect combo. Um, Yeah, and, and so, 
that's a sticking point for him when she goes to kiss him at midnight. He goes so far as to stick his hand up in front of her he's, mouth. He's basically got like lipstick all over his goddamn palm. Yeah, that's horrible. He's, um, he's palmed her, and he's like, he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, you're just setting out to be mean to somebody. And uh, to which she replies, "Didn't I just watch you uh, spend months taking down the tea party?" Uh, and he's like, "This is this is what's destroying civilization," uh, which we immediately took issue with, of course, because. Uh, no, it's probably climate change that will do that. But uh, it's the idea that it's like the tabloids are what has ruined yeah. the West or has ruined the world. The tabloids in yeah. reality TV, nothing else. Not the deindustrialization. No, not yeah. the, not the climate is that just the tabloids or, or the further like like if you really want to get into the fall of Rome bullshit here, yeah. we are the same because butt-fucking little boys has been the deal the entire time. Absolutely. But what has changed is the growing wealth inequality and the lack of upward mobility. But again, that's a fucking podcast for another time. I'd like to see what Jeff Newsroom's coverage was during the Iraq War. Was he too smart back then? Or did yeah. he get that one wrong? Because yeah. I feel like... He was he, doing fucking fake news too, probably. He, he's definitely not a fucking neocon. I, I can say that much, but I think he had, would have had a lot of sympathy for them simply because of who yeah. Rumsfeld and Cheney were relative to Poppy Bush. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, Mackenzie is watching this whole thing from the side uh, and says something like, no, she does say this. He's on a mission to civilize. Uh, and then she says, it looks like he's about to come over here. And then he gets a glass of champagne thrown in his face. Yes. Not the first time, or not the last time for this episode. No. Um... He comes back to work the next day. They just all fucking shower on the they, they, Yeah, they all throw water in his face. Which would not be cool anywhere. Um, I'm so... No, there's, that would definitely be like an HR thing. Okay. But that's because um, the TMZ reporter or has like fed the New oh, York yeah. Post information about this. And he's published on page six or some shit. Uh, and he goes in and Sam Watterson's character, whose name is... Charlie. Uh, Charlie Skinner, yeah. we're getting it. We're going to have it down by the end of this. Um, he's reading him uh, from the... Because he doesn't have a job. No, clearly. He's just in the office reading pages. But he's, he's like anchor ranker. And uh, they do this dumb, ill-thought-out uh, airplane-style, like... Um, Anchor, 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 ranker, and it's like it's not funny. You, someone's already done this, and that's like the only time that joke works. Um, plus, they didn't have their hearts in it. No. Um, so then they start going through what they're doing for this episode is stories we missed this uh, past year. They'll do like five minutes on it at once. Did we uh, get any of the stories that they? That oh, we, we got. That's a right. Couple. We got one. This is where we got the gun thing yes. from, and where we got the. Uh, Obama trip to Mumbai thing. Oh, yes, yes. Um, We're still and, and jumping was, the gun here. There was a throwaway remark about uh, Ginny Thomas, uh, the, the mm. wife of uh, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, having a conflict of interest uh, in... Won't happen again. No. Not, not after 2011. No. Um, but in this case, uh, it was the Virginia school, like a Virginia military school, yeah. um, where Clarence Thomas has sent his son. In this case, however... Um, 
I don't, I might be wrong about this because I'm not going to Google it uh, while the mic is hot. No, sure. But I believe he might have actually recused himself on this case because they sent their son to school there. This is a first. If you if you happen to not be a court watcher, first of all, you really should because yeah. you're going to have an interesting couple of terms come up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but the joke is that Clarence Thomas will not recuse himself on pretty much anything, uh, no matter how connected he is to it, including if... His crazy, uh, craziest white lady to exist, you know, his wife, Virginia Thomas, is involved. And she is, because she has her finger in pretty much any conservative activist group that is based in Washington, D.C. And I, I do mean just about any. I mean, I think she was at January 6th, and you, you can't get him to recuse himself for anything. And he's not recusing himself now. Yeah, I can't even find the case right now. So, um, yeah. Uh, so that was just kind of a throwaway thing that yeah. happened in the episode. They didn't so, cover that one. They didn't really miss it. <laughs> I, just, I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, then we move on to, to Jeff Newsroom versus the NRA, mm-hmm. um, where he, he breaks down the fact that, um, one, I thought they were going to go in a different direction when they, they mentioned the Brady Organization to Prevent Gun Violence, which is, of course, yeah. created for the Reagan guy who got shot and killed by uh, John Hinckley. Didn't get killed. Oh, did he get killed? He didn't? That, yeah. He's the one who got shot in the head and had, like, a permanent yeah. vegetative status. For, like, 30 years. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the way I thought they were going with it, too, was, like, don't you know that Republicans used to support gun control? Yeah. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan supported it uh, when the Black Panthers had guns. It only it only took us to get gun control for Ronald Reagan to get shot. Yeah. Um, Steve Scalise got shot and didn't change anything. No. So that's where we're... But um, essentially the Brady organization uh, gave Obama straight Fs. And he's like, why do Sarah Palin, uh, Rush Limbaugh, and um, what was the other guy? Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck, thank you. Um, why are they all lying about this? Um, yeah. Which, Reese, what you said about this I thought was uh, good. They... He, he buried the lead on that. He yeah. just stops at the problem is that they lie, not that Obama has all Fs. Yeah, not that Obama <laughs> was too conservative on guns. Um, and it's not even necessarily that he was conservative. Yeah. He, he did speak for gun control, but he was ideologically inconsistent. And he yeah. didn't, uh, like uh, Sandy Hook happened during his term, for example, and he didn't do shit about it. But the narrative was that he's going to take our guns. Uh, Jeff Newsroom could have easily done Obama is a liar for that yeah. he promised all the gun control and then there is none, which is it. I mean, everyone is lying about it. No, no, no one was. It was. I don't know. It was a waste of. Uh, I think a new, they should have talked about Jenny Thomas instead of the gun thing. Yeah, but then they couldn't end the episode this way. No, they could. Um, they ended it strong. They did. Yeah. Um. So. Um, they uh, Alright, so Jeff Newsroom goes on another date with a different woman. Yeah. I don't remember her name, but uh, you'll find her in uh, a lot of comedy series. She works for a senator in the show. Yeah. Um, she was in this movie I watched called Bad Words with Jason Bateman the other day. She's alright. <laughs> okay. Um, the, the movie's not good. No, don't I waste don't. your time with that shit. Um, it's not even like funny bad, and it's a little racist. So, anyway... Um, he, Jeff Newsroom goes home with her, they get rained on, uh, reset, he looks like a monster when he's wet, so... I didn't even know it was him. I thought it was, like, Gargamel. He's a fucking, he's a fucking, uh, 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 Mogwai and then a Gremlin when he gets (laughs) wet. Um, 
yeah. So he he's like, uh, she goes, do you smoke pot? And he's like, I used to, but I can't buy it anymore without it showing up in the newspaper. Uh, which is the first time that I've ever felt bad for Jeff Newsroom. Oh, yeah. Uh, she says, hey, there's a joint in my purse uh, next to whatever. Go grab him. He opens the purse and finds a 38 caliber handgun. Loaded uh, bullet in the chamber. Loaded, yeah, yeah, and around chamber, <laughs> yeah. which is fucked. But she's like, I'm a southern liberal. Um, northern liberals are the ones who are afraid of guns and sets. And he goes, well, I would... Which, this is a bad line, but yeah. he's like... I would imagine that Nebraskans aren't yeah. Nebraskan liberals, and, and it's, it's like, like I'm a Republican from Nebraska. I'm like, okay, yeah, like shut the fuck up. Um, and then she's they they have this conversation where he like unloads it, and he's supposed to look like hot and sexy. Uh, and then she's like, well, if you did anything, I would just point it at you like this. And he says, statistics say that this would happen. And he hits the bottom of her hand. Yeah. She immediately releases the gun. It spins multiple times like in the air. And then just start like... <laughs> yeah, and then he catches it and points it at her. Yeah. Which is... Okay, now I know that I'm a nerd about this shit, alright? But one, there's... First of all, she was holding it with one hand. Bullshit. Nobody would do that unless they were stupid. Second of all, statistically what happens is not that you're disarmed. It's just that you miss and you still get stabbed... Um, cops, by the way, do that too. Cops are like only 30% accurate. You have to be a SWAT member to hit your shots, which is why they unload. Um, yeah. But also, he you don't fucking hit it on the bottom. You got to like go for their wrist. Doesn't matter. It's just the type of thing that bothers me. Um, and then she says, is it wrong I was turned on by that? And then they fuck off screen. Yeah. Um, Not before he says yes. And then they fuck off. Yeah. They fuck off screen. Um... So, uh, then he, Olivia yeah. Munn's character, he's talking to her the next day. Her name's Sloane. We said we would never forget about that, but yeah. we're just like, John Mulaney's wife. John Mulaney. um, she's like, hey, call my friend back. She really likes you. He's like, I'm not fucking calling her back. That yeah. That crazy. She had a gun. I'm worried about it. Um, and she's like, she'll fucking kill you <laughs> if you don't call her back. Yeah. Um, Jeff Newsroom goes on another date, his final date of the episode, um, he starts complaining about the first woman from TMI that he dated, or, or he, he met at the party, rather, uh, and tells her, like, what the piece is about, and she's interested in it, yeah. to which he cannot fucking let that go. He says, I'm on a mission to civilize. She goes, a mission to civilize? And he's like, I walk a lonely road. Again, shitty line writing. And she's like, it's called a guilty pleasure. Um... He drops the oldest fucking reference. Yeah, I've got it here if you need it. Uh, he, says, he says, no, the Archie singing Sugar Sugar is a guilty pleasure. And I go, was he raised by his grandparents? Like, what the fuck? He's too old, too young to be referencing that shit. Sugar Sugar. By the way... Um, that's his idea of a good guilty pleasure song as well? If Yeah, I know. And it's like, that's a, just an okay song. Yeah. Um, but if, if you want to like continue like we do to read into um, Aaron Sorkin's like weird psychosexual shit okay. uh, what you should notice immediately if you ever decide to torture yourself by watching this episode which again this is definitely not one of the worst ones we've no. seen but because um, he actually writes some good jokes in this one too um, but she's like leaning over the table and she's got a bunch of fucking cleavage and yeah. like we said that means she's a dumb whore um, 
And, uh, of course, he gets on this rant. He's like, it's destroying civilization that you're interested in this Britney, whatever the fuck her yes. name is, shit. And I'm, and I'm here to civilize. And he's like, I'm here to civilize. He basically calls her a bitch at one point. Yes. And she's like, what? And he's like, well, I meant we yeah. as a society are bitches. Yeah. And then he's like, thank God you Good get save. me in time. Uh, and then she throws champagne in his face, which is, again, extremely fucking warranted. And by the way, I thought that the episode arc was going to be that he's wrong for all of this. Yeah. Narrative doesn't punish him at all except for having it thrown in his face. And you're supposed to be like, these women are the bad ones. Yes. Um, the only thing that he's was, wrong yeah. is in how he phrases it, but he's right. Yeah, and he's, like, he's well, still supposed to be right because Aaron Sorkin is an incel. Yes. Um, uh, so now we see Maggie and Don in bed together. Not fucking. No. Of course not. They on clearly don't do that. They're on their computers. Um, he's like, uh, this senator just, or, or whoever, it was yeah. like a financial secretary guy. Max like, Bacchus. No, nobody from nowhere. Don't yeah. worry about it. But he says, uh, uncritically, Washington is here to serve the banks. Um, initially, Reese and I were like, well, what's wrong with that? Yeah, like, um, yeah, that, I'm not, that's not even based. I mean, that's yeah, just like. That's just what, it, it's true. That's what it's You said for. that in 2014. Okay, maybe you get some points, Elizabeth Warren, but yeah. that's about it. Um, but they, uh, they're like, oh, I have to call Jim. It's an economic story, and we're looking for economic stories, I guess. Uh, and. Uh, this is after uh, Jim has gone on a date with the roommate, uh, tells Maggie that he's not going to go again, and then she calls him on the phone. Um, and he doesn't want to talk. And he doesn't want to talk. Because it's, like, late. Is what, like, even if anything else, it's late. Um, he's in bed. And then Don, the evil motherfucker he is, yes. calls... Uh, what's her name? Lisa. Phone. Lisa's phone. She knowing that she has the Rod Stewart. If you like my body and you think I'm sexy, ringtone. Yes. Uh, and then you hear it in the background of the phone call. Jim and uh, fuck Lisa. Lisa. They Lisa get have been of, fucking. They get out of bed and they start putting their clothes on as if they've been caught physically. I don't know what. There's the no FaceTime. It's 2011. Yeah. It's a phone call. It was re- weird as fuck. I don't know what the purpose of that was. Um, but they definitely didn't have pants. The actors definitely didn't have anything on the bottom when they got out of bed. And it's like, I don't know, did Aaron Sorkin just want to peek or some shit? Yeah. Um, but this, this upsets Maggie a lot. Which Don knew. Don knew bef- Which is why he called. And then they argue about it in bed and Don is like, what do you mean? I'm like the fourth worst got wrong guy in this. Um, in like... For- which is insane. Yeah. That's an insane thing to say because, like, we were talking about this. Jim doesn't know her shit. No. Uh, she told Lisa that it was okay. Yes. And all she would, like, she was jealous. She just shouldn't have, like, she's wronged only because she didn't just cop to it and be honest and break up with Don. But Don was just evil and conniving he, here. He's, like, punishing her. Yeah, for, and like, like falling out of love with him even though he's, he's like, the bitch. worst bastard in the world. And won't commit to her at all. And is apparently, like, he's very well aware of this, I think. I think yeah. he knows that he's undesirable and is just like, I'm here to make women miserable. But the, the worst part of this really is it's just, like... Uh, she is so over the top with the obsession. Like, it can't just be like she has a crush on Jim. Like, it consumes her in yeah. every conversation that she's in. 
But she she also like if anybody asks her about him, she'll like she'll like dunk on his shit. Oh yeah. And it's like okay, just fucking tell. He's the got truth. a little dick and baby balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, whoa, fuck! I thought you were into him. She's like, me, no. No, never. I love Don the Devil. Um, and so it ends up we're we're back in the office. Uh, they briefly cover essentially that like the Republicans lied about. Obama spending two hundred million dollars a day in India, and I was like, "How the fuck is that even possible?" No. Um, it, it isn't. They said he was like traveling with the, the fucking like fourteen percent of the U.S. Navy or some yes. shit, uh, renting every room in the Taj Mahal hotel. You get a blast like, from the past there. Michelle Bachman is there, and she's yeah. like, "I saw it with my own two eyes. I saw the papers. Barack Obama, two hundred million dollars a day." <laughs> uh, and Again, it's like, I personally, like, I don't think pointing out that conservatives are lying really does anything. It's not going to, well, you should do it. Yeah. But it doesn't really do anything to anybody other than, like, liberals and centrists. And centrists don't really exist anymore. They're just liberals. No. Um, Calling people out on their hypocrisy is pretty self-satisfying. Yeah. But... Like, you're... It's like, you're assuming they don't know or the people who are, like, with them care... Like, I, it's, it's, it's it's a fruitless endeavor. I mean, all that's going to happen if you point that out to a conservative, they'll go, so, he did all this other shit, uh, and it's like, okay, dude, whatever. Or they'll go, yeah, well, think about what's going to happen with the debt. Yeah. And like, well, they won't say that anymore. At this time, they would have. They would have. They, they were deficit hawks back then. Um just spending it all on Obama phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just racing through to the end here. Uh, Jim and Maggie have a confrontation in the office, and he puts Maggie down at like the surf desk or whatever. Which is um, why you don't uh, date where you work. He yeah. pulls rank on her real hard. It's uncomfortable. De- yeah, that's true. And Deb Patel is also doing a presentation on uh, Bigfoot existing. Everybody got called in on Saturday. Everybody got called in on Saturday. <laughs> and. Uh, they're yelling at each other, and Dev Patel is, which I, I think he might be the second likable character at this point. Absolutely, uh, he's he's like, "Hello, this glass isn't soundproof," which is delivered very well at the perfect time. Uh, when it's a symphony, folks, it is a symphony. Um, and, and there's minutes. Lo- we skipped one part of this. We find out that actually Will's been set up yeah, yeah, by yeah. Jane Fonda this whole time. Yeah, so so because uh, their company owns TMI, uh, and she's trying to create an environment so that it looks like, like she said in the last episode, he deserves to be fired even though he's the second most popular newsman in the country. After Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> After Bill O'Reilly and maybe Joe Scarborough. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Maggie immediately starts crying and runs to the office, and she and uh, Fix You begins to play here gently. Um, gently. And we find out that uh, Gabby Giffords has been shot in Arizona. And that's with six minutes left in the episode. Yeah. So they like, <laughs> you know, strong, strong pivot. And, and, and what happens is that they immediately go in there like, this is breaking news, it's important. Uh, and essentially the drive here is that Fox, CNN, and NBC are calling her dead. Yes. Uh, and the failed son of Jane Fonda runs in and is like, why aren't you calling it? Kendall Roy. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. And even, uh, even uh, Don the Devil yeah. is not going to call on her, on her death because, quote, she's a person. 
Um, and Don is someone who has personally reaped a hundred billion <laughs> souls yeah. of his own. But even I wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. I know when it's time. Um, and so they find out that she's not dead. And the funniest scene is the end of the episode is when they have this PA guy. He's got the obituary up and ready to play. Uh, and they're like, <laughs> they're like, hey man, it's okay, just breathe normal. And he, he backspaces on the, the date of death and has got like tears in his eyes. Uh, and then we end the episode there. And, um, you know, in, in hindsight, given how there's been like so much, so much increase in political violence, I guess, in the decade after, they really kind of, I guess he had no way of knowing at the time, but they kind of underplay the Gabby Giffords thing because it's, you know, I remember the broad contours of it. I remember that Sarah Palin got in trouble because she'd sent out like a fundraising email or a mailer, and it's got like Gabby Giffords and some other Congress people like in crosshairs, and it's like we have to shoot the competition or, or yeah. some shit like this. And then when they bring it up, they're like, "Well, uh, Gabby Giffords uh, was shot, and in the crosshairs of your poster." Uh, you know, she was in the crosshairs, and they get, she's, she basically says, well, it was a metaphor, I was joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just let that go. Yeah. Um, which, and she didn't know, die, by the way. Her husband uh, was an astronaut, and now he's a United States senator in Arizona. Yeah, Mark Kelly. Mark Kelly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I mean, we were going to talk about the Kirkwood shooting that happened when we were kids. That happened, well, this also happened when we were kids, but this happened like three years earlier. Uh, in St. Louis, yeah. uh, this uh, like fucking freak ran into a town hall where a federal judge wasn't killed. What was it? Six people. Yeah. Um. So crazy. We are. I guess. I don't know. I, I I would say the political violence is really starting to stir around this period of time. Yeah. So if you're if you're looking for like. Um, and I know what you're saying to yourself. You're saying, Reese, what about all the. Uh, uh, abortion providers that got killed by like the freaks. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. I yeah. I agree. I agree with you on that one as well. But you know, uh, still happening at this point in time. Yeah. And then picking up with new shit added. Right. It's and it's like, as I understand the abortion stuff, it was happening. Uh, it was not crazy widespread, and that was it was really localized within that area. Mm-hmm. And here you're seeing uh, a sitting congressperson uh, shot. As well as like federal judges, so you're really starting to see um, what amount to uh, like uh, attempted political assassinations beyond just like I think you're murdering babies. So and what did you call Palin? Proto Proto Q. Yeah, she's she more than anything she's proto uh, Warren Boebert. Yes, she's the Ur Maga. Yeah, she is. She is the. I mean, and, and no joking, sis. She is the beginning of it. She is. She is. Like, if you're looking for someone who was yeah. like, dumb as shit, um, but also like attractive, uh, you, we've got two congresswomen who are like that now. I, although I would, uh, some people say Marjorie Taylor Greene is attractive. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. not gonna, not gonna, wouldn't, wouldn't agree. Yeah, Lauren Boebert though. Still wouldn't. Heard, of, heard, heard, heard about what the pork sliders did yeah, up in yeah, life yeah. in Colorado. Not so good. All right. Um, all right. So we're back. We just watched uh, episode five of season one. It's called Amen. Uh, Amen. Amen. That's right. Um, in brief, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, Arab Spring happens uh, where they don't really cover any of the political complexities. More no. so that there's it's dangerous. It's dangerous, and that journalists got hurt in the process of covering it. Essentially, it was like an uprising in Egypt. Uh, they overthrew the U.S. backed guy, right? Yeah, Mubarak gets gone. They bring in a new guy who is with the Muslim Brotherhood, and he lasts for about a year. They don't know this at the time. It turns out this episode was made in 2012. Turns out Aaron Sorkin is making the newsroom a year after the news which, happens. Which, I, soon. which, it does make me want to cut him a little bit of slack yeah. here. He's got no foresight. Um, like we were saying, I can't believe he did this. He probably should have just gone back further. Um, yeah. They also uh, talk about the Scott Walker um, when he was governor of Wisconsin, the teachers' union strike when he wanted to uh, decrease their salaries. Don't really get into the political complexities of that either. They do no. an aside about the Americans for Prosperity, Jenny Thomas, and the Koch brothers, but that, that's yeah. really about it. They, yeah, and they cover the Citizens United aspect of that too, and how. Um, uh, Scalia and Thomas were both regular visitors of the Koch brothers, um, and Citizens United is a company that the Koch brothers give a lot of money to. Yes. Um, really, okay, um, so we're going to cover the interpersonal part of this, I think, more than anything, yeah. because, well, honestly, it's in, it was incredibly boring. Bad episode. The pacing was awful, awful. It was so boring. Mac's boyfriend breaks up with her. Okay, here, we'll start like this. Um, Essentially, they cover the Arab Spring. Um, They, Will and Mackenzie start, like, roasting each other in the office. Will is Jeff Newsroom, sorry. Um, He's like, she has to subtract on her fingers. And she's like... Jeff Newsroom got tap dancing at 11 and cries at the movie Rudy. It's very flirty. It's very flirty. Um, And uh, he explains the entire plot of the movie Rudy to the one guy in the room who hasn't seen it. Uh, Which was me on the couch and one of the the guys in the show. Yeah. Jim. Was it Jim? Yeah. Because he was like, when I was doing my, I was doing my homework instead of watching that movie. And it's like, God, you're pathetic. Yes. Um... But yeah, so essentially that's what happens. Um, there's also a second subplot where Mackenzie is trying to stay up all night uh, and learn about economics from Sloane, Olivia Munn's character. Whose big thing is this? all of this, this economic situation is from Glass-Steagall. Yeah. Which, a uh, bit simplistic. Eventually she does, you know, kind of say it's about the state of deregulation, but at the end of it, it is all still about Glass-Steagall. Yeah, she doesn't blame Reagan for it. So, to be clear, Glass-Steagall was a regulatory law put in place to separate investment and commercial banking because they correctly identify that um, investment banking is effectively just gambling and to prevent further stock market crashes... Uh, and also to prevent things like the 2008 recession. You gotta cut that shit out. You gotta cut that shit out with the big bank's money to stabilize the market. Bill Clinton repeals it. Uh, well, the Congress repeals it. Bill Clinton is not is not a big fighter on it. But yeah, again, he signed off on it. It's very early 2010s because this is something Elizabeth Warren used to talk about all the time when she first got to Congress. And like it was something you'd hear on like TYT or like you know, and it was like, yeah. It is a problem, but obviously, like now in hindsight, if you brought back Glass Steagall, that wouldn't be the 
No. <laughs> Personally, like, okay, I can understand the unwillingness yeah. to blame Reagan in 2008, yeah. but at this point, and with Aaron Sorkin, I guess he's probably still under the impression that Reagan was, like, a good president and, like, a good guy, but, like, I don't think anyone would have a problem with, like, blaming Margaret Thatcher for, no. uh, like, England's shit, and they were effectively identical political figures, so... Um, and uh, yes, yeah, yes. So um, they have a journalist that gets injured uh, during the Arab Spring. He comes home. There's this really weird moment where this stripper comes in and says, "Did somebody order a fascist thug?" And Don goes, "We already <laughs> did that." I don't know what the fuck that yeah. means. No. Um, but to be fair, we weren't paying that much attention because it was fucking boring. It was boring like shit. One of the the only time Charlie gets angry in the episode is because Don is like uh, Don the Devil is like. Uh, we should put uh, this guy on TV because he got fucked up so bad in Egypt. And they're like, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Well, no, Charlie gets mad again. Yeah. Charlie's scary again in this oh, episode. Oh, yeah. That's because <laughs> they're covering, uh, <laughs> they're covering uh, the fact that Mac's boyfriend, who does break up with her this episode, so this will probably be the last time we talk about finance, it. Finance, bro. Um, the finance uh, lawyer guy, yeah, he's running for Congress uh, against Anthony Weiner. Um, who will probably come up again as well when he when he does when he sends when he, when he yeah. yeah when he has his five nude image scandals um, but uh, yeah so so they're like she's trying to get him elected uh, to Congress which is unethical I think I tend to agree with that yeah um, and but apparently she didn't fucking know she didn't know that that was gonna happen the twist though as well she didn't tell him that I guess that she and Will were engaged <laughs> at one point and that's why they he breaks up with her which is fucking crazy yeah. but anyway um, there's this like daytime news guy talking about it and Charlie's like put me into the daytime control room put me in directly to his fucking ear if you don't stop talking about this in 10 seconds we're gonna change the segment and you're not gonna be in that seat and, and he just yeah. stops and the guy is Howard Hamlin from Better Call Saul he's like uh, pretty well made for this role yeah he? he was doing Tucker voice as well which is really funny Probably. I was going to say it was proto, but Tucker has been around for a while. Yeah, but Tucker wasn't, I don't know. He did I, Crossfire. He did Crossfire and got his shit ripped by uh, Scott, uh, not Scott, John Stewart. Yeah. I was going to say Scott Walker, which is not true. No. That not ham-eating motherfucker is going to die of gout. Not a teacher or a ham sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> not getting your shit ripped by Scott Walker. Yeah. Um. All right. This is probably just going to end up being a short episode because, yeah. like, we were sitting on our phones for a lot of this. It was boring. Yeah. Don't really don't watch this show except for the episodes that we say this one was not the worst. Uh, the end kind of made it. It did. Um, so, all right. So, what happens? They, the the uh, Neil finds a journalist in Egypt uh, who was able to cover it. He gets captured, presumably by. The Muslim Brotherhood. Yeah. Uh, and... Like, we need a ransom. Yeah, we need a ransom for it. Corporate won't pay it. Um, we Jeff, don't negotiate with terrorists. We don't negotiate with terrorists, and they also don't want liability. Jeff Newsroom has gone also... We did miss another thing. Jeff Newsroom has gone to pay, like, a ransom to uh, the lady who threw the champagne in his face last episode um, to not run the story about Mac... Um, he decides not to because she calls herself a journalist. Yeah. So really, he just sends the same money as yeah. the ransom. Uh, and then... Uh, a, a different ransom for a good cause. For a good cause. Um, 
And, uh, yeah, so essentially Mackenzie comes in and is like, did you pay the ransom? Uh, and he's like, no, yes. And then uh, everybody starts, uh, Neil walks into the office and puts a check down on his desk and like, I want to help with this. And he's like, okay, that's fine. He goes, you can't afford it, I know, because we have, like, uh, in the NFL, we have a contract kind of amount of money we're allowed to yeah, pay people, yeah. and I get all of it. Um, and then uh, Maggie walks in and puts a check down on his desk, and they're like, Jeff Newsroom, read the subheading, and it says coach on it. And they reenact the scene from Rudy where they all put the uniforms on the desk and are like, Coach, we want to see Rudy dressed for the game. And every person in the office walks in and, like, puts the check down on the desk. The guy who got beat up in Egypt is there in the sling and, like, puts his hand over his heart. And it's like, you got other things to fucking worry about. Uh, Jim's girlfriend came in and yelled at him because he stood her up on Valentine's Day. But they made up. She's wearing edible underwear, she said. Yeah, and also he has a concussion, which is, I think, a perfectly good reason to accidentally stand somebody up on Valentine's Day, but that's fine. Through all of this, you can tell that Maggie is in love with Jim. Yeah. Don is still with Maggie. Don is still with Maggie. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, they all come in, and it's like, Jim, why are you still here? Do you not have someone to fuck right now? Maybe they did it in a supply project uh, closet like um, Warren G. Harding. Yes. Um, uh, for, all, for all you real old heads out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a good dollop episode on that, and I'm, I'm clear to recommend that because I'm quite sure we'll never cover him. Yeah. Good um, episode of Boardwalk Empire, too. Uh Another HBO, uh, better, better. Uh, Martin Scorsese is involved with that yeah. one. We won't get to that one ever. But um, yeah. So it, it's it's a very cringe ending. As soon as we realized what was happening, we were all we were both groaning on the couch, like, "Oh my god, this is the lamest thing I've ever seen." Uh, I really, I I feel that that it's weird that Sorkin felt the need to include this. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, like, like, okay, I think it's kind of a testament to his inability to write something emotional yeah. that he had to directly rip the shit of another movie, Swag Jack, if you will. Didn't get a third of the emotional impact from it. No, no, because, like, it, it is so ham-fisted, uh, no pun intended in the Scott Walker episode, but it is super, super heavy-handed for him to be like, look... They all care about you, Jeff Newsroom. Even though this is realistically like one of the first good things he's done in the show, the first time that anyone should ever have decided to like him, which I guess maybe in the current week that we're on for this Newsroom episode, maybe they would. He's humanized himself a little bit more. And so Mackenzie's been doing that for him. But yeah, I find it kind of difficult to believe, I suppose, that that would, not only that that would ever happen, but that people would be like, let's reenact the boss's favorite movie. It just didn't seem like it was di- their dynamic three weeks ago when they put all this fucking water in his face. No, no, no. Because <laughs> they were like openly mocking him. Yeah. They kind of like had a full frontal assault against him. And I guess, okay, if for the purposes of character development, I guess I can understand if Mackenzie kind of backed off that shit now that her boyfriend's been uh has broken up with her maybe she was doing the thing where like kids pinch each other when they like each other or whatever the fuck who knows um and then also they found out that um jane fonda's character is actively going against him so maybe the author dynamic did change but clearly not everyone knows that i don't know i i i do 
Like, I, I, I have been trying to give Aaron Sorkin the benefit of the doubt yeah. more recently. He's but got some good ones in there. Yeah. Well, not this episode. Not this episode. And the last one was just okay. Yeah. So, I yeah. Um, like I said, we're, we're, pro- we're going to run short here. I'm looking at the timer. Uh, you know, you'll get 15 extra minutes somewhere else, but yeah. as as far as these two episodes go, Amen is a dog shit episode, <laughs> rival only by like one of the first ones. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember which one it was. Uh, so I, I I just yeah, don't ever watch this episode unless you really really like to be bored and then subsequently cringe. Yeah. Um. So, uh, like really. Like one out of five on this one for me. Bad episode. I mean, and again, just to repress this, too soon because more shit happened with the Arab Spring and the Egyptian Revolution. Yeah, but he wrote the episode too soon, so he missed just, all the relevant shit. It just came before he did it. He did stuff about it before enough information came Absolutely. out about it to make it pretty much moot. Um, and then also like. We didn't get any of the, the Gaddafi stuff at all either. Not at all, no. Which I guess... Too soon. Too soon. I guess we could mention that um, Gaddafi got stabbed in the ass and then um, if you're younger or older than our very specific age range of growing up in like middle school during this time, uh, as soon as Gaddafi died, again from being stabbed in the ass, uh, kids started running around and kneeing each other in the tailbone and screaming, Gaddafi! Um, which is just so callous and insane. Crazy like, country to grow up in that the kids are aware of this geopolitical event and, in this and, way and have made a game out of it. And, and also are being like, well, like they don't know, of course, that he was formerly our ally and shit like that. But they don't know that what we put him, is. Yeah, and that we put him directly in the position to be stabbed in the ass and got him that way on purpose when we wanted to have a martyr um, for our like imperialist causes. But like... It is insane that like, like a bunch of kids were running around, and that not only that, that schools only started stopping this from happening, or at least my middle school only did, when a kid at a different school got his uh, tailbone broken. Which it's also possible. Oh fuck! I think people called it cornholing at some or corn dogging oh or something gosh. at some schools. I hope not. That sounds fucking awful. Yeah, they they, so they I, I heard it uh, as like a rhino horn and stuff too, but. Chiefly, um, you 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 got like the off-brand version of this if you called it that at your school because it was a reference to Gaddafi getting stabbed in the ass. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, all right. That's, that's from us to you. That's you know if you didn't know that now you know. Fuck you. Uh, we're bougie bitches and we got the Gaddafi version. So, uh, yeah, that's a. Uh, that's this episode for Iraqi Horror Picture Show. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna pronounce it wrongly because I'm too American. But Iraqi, Iraqi, the Iraqi Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Um, so that's that for this week, and uh, we'll see you next time.